will never be the same again. I can never return. I've closed the door. I will walk the path. I will run the race and I will never be the same again. I will never be same again I can never return I've closed the door I will walk the path I will run the race and I will never be the same again Fall like fire so Sweep away the darkness, burn away the chaff, and let a flame burn to glorify your name. There are heights, there are deeper seas. Whatever you need to do, Lord, do it in me. The glory of God.
Amen and good morning. Welcome to worship on this day that is not going exactly as we had planned, but you know what? It is still the day that the Lord has made, and we will still rejoice and be glad in it, will we not? And so, friends, here we are to worship this morning. So I am so thankful that you are all here to worship. I know it's not exactly as we had planned. I know we've got friends worshiping with us online that had hoped to be with us here today. But to everyone online and in person, welcome to worship this morning. Now, here comes the tricky part. What are we doing for the next couple weeks? Because today's not going as planned. We are going to push off our picnic that was supposed to be afterwards because The weather just doesn't seem to want to cooperate, but next Sunday, hopefully, looks nice. So instead of having a picnic after worship today, we are going to have a picnic after worship next week, which means we're also pushing off the start of two services. That also means that next week, we are going to move to one worship at 10 a.m., and then we are going with Sunday school, and then after that, service is over. Hopefully, it'll be outside in the courtyard. It's right now says it's going to be sunny and 80. So after that, then we will have a picnic outside, and hopefully everybody who wants to join us is able to join us for that. And then in two weeks, we'll, we, we will resume our two services. So today is still the start of Sunday school. I see a whole bunch of kids right back there ready to start off Sunday school. Today is still the start of Sunday school and we are ready to celebrate and so that is all that I have for announcements does anybody else have an announcement that they need to share this morning okay so remember next week 10 a.m. pray that it is good weather and we will have a picnic and now friends the peace of Christ be with you all and let us take a moment to greet one another and first welcome people online good morning everyone online and now welcome one another And let us join in a moment of prayer. Holy and loving God, we turn to you this morning. Pour your Holy Spirit upon us. Bless us with your spirit and with your power as we worship you this morning. Through Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. Take us to the river, take us there in unity to sing song of your salvation, to win this generation for our King, song of your forgiveness, for it is with grace that river flows, take us to the river. Here's to hear the cry of heaven, for that cry is mercy. Mercy to the fallen sons of men, mercy it has triumphed. Triumphed over judgment by your blood, take 
Welcome to worship on this beautiful Sunday morning, even though it's raining. We've got all of our kids up here, and this is what is so beautiful. Kids, do you know how much I missed all of you? It is not candy. It does look like a bowl full of candy. It is not candy. I'm so sorry, but it is something else. There's actually two somethings in here for each of you. Now, I miss so many of you guys so very much, and I'm happy that you guys are here. Are you ready to start a full Sunday school year? Yes? Okay, maybe let's try that again. Are you ready for Sunday school? Yes! Oh, I hope so. But you're also starting school. You guys all went back to school already, didn't you? How did it go? Thumbs up? Thumbs down? Thumbs sideways? Thumbs up? I'm seeing some thumbs up. Ooh, the older ones are saying thumbs down or thumbs sideways, but the younger ones and some thumbs sideways, that's okay. But here's the thing. Do you know what I want you to remember every day when you go to school and every day, even when you're not at school? But I want you to remember how much God loves you. Do you know that there's a story in the Bible that the adults and I are going to talk about? And in this story, do you know that during the time of Jesus, at first, people thought that only a small group of people were loved by God? 
Some people thought that there was only a small group of people that were loved by God. But in the story that the adults and I are going to talk about today, the disciples, Jesus' students, were able to learn that God doesn't just love a small group of people, but God loves us all, every single one of us. That means God loves you, and 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 God loves all of you too. God loves us all. So I have some things that are for your backpacks. If you brought your backpacks, that's good. If you didn't, do not worry because you can take these home. On your backpacks, you get to clip these on your backpacks because I want you to remember this every single day. Always, I want you to remember this. What does this say? Can one of my big readers read this to me? Jesus loves me. Every day. Do you ever have a hard day at school sometimes? Ever get a little sad? Yeah, maybe you get a little sad. It happens. Adults, we get a little sad sometimes, don't we? And sometimes at school, we get a little sad. I want you to clip this on your backpack or somewhere special. So whenever you're having one of those days where you feel a little bit sad or a little bit worried, I want you to remember exactly what this says because it's the truth. It says, Jesus loves me. So if you're having a hard day, I want you to pick this up and go, it's okay. Jesus loves me. God loves me. I'm going to be okay. And then... As if that's not enough. We've got some cool little bracelets that I want you to wear. And you can put on this bracelet. It says, when I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. Now, who here went to vacation Bible school? A few of you, right? Yeah, many of you. And we talked about putting on the armor of God. This is the same kind of thing. Especially if you're having a hard day, you might want to wear this bracelet and remember, it's okay. God is with me. God is on my side. I'm going to get through this. So today, we're really celebrating not only the start of Sunday school, but also the start of your school year. And I want you guys all to remember that God loves you. Do you know that? Can you say it with me? Say, God loves me. So let's say it again nice and loud. I need to know that you believe it. Say, God loves me. me. Do you know sometimes the adults forget this too? Do you know sometimes they forget how much God loves them? So do you think the adults should join us when we say this again? Yeah? Okay, on the count of three, we're all going to say, God loves me. One, two, three. God loves me. And that's the truth. So I am going to send these right here with Miss Debbie. And when you all go out there, you each get one of each for your backpacks. But we adults want to make sure that we pour the Holy Spirit upon all of you as you start the school and Sunday school year. So we're going to gather around in our circle, and then the adults are going to help me pray over you. Does that sound like a good idea to help keep you safe? Especially you want to be safe and have a really great year. That's what we're going to pray for. So I'm going to hand these to Miss Debbie. Kids, let's all stand in a circle. And adults, why don't you stand up with me and really just get ready to pray over these kids. All right. Everybody, we'll make, a, we'll make a blob. Let's make a circle, a blob, whatever we can. And let's pray. Holy Spirit, we ask that you bless these backpacks and that you bless these children. Bless these children, Lord. We pray with all of our being, bless these children and keep them safe. Bless the tokens that are going on their backpacks and on their, bra- on their wrist and to remind them how much you love them. Bless these children, Lord. Keep them safe. Let them grow. Let them learn. Let them love. Bless these children. We pray this in every prayer through Christ Jesus, our Lord and our Savior, and together we say, Amen. And you can go off to Sunday school. (laughs) 
go, my children, with my blessing never alone. Waking, sleeping, I am with you. You are my own. In my love's baptismal river, I have made you mine forever. Go, my children, with my blessing. And as the kids go off to Sunday school, we do have one more announcement before we begin worship. Good morning. Just a reminder, we're collecting for birthday buddies today. If you've brought anything, you can see me or any of the women from Women's Fellowship, Jill, Robin, Lauren, Joyce. Raise your hands so people, Lori, so people know who they can give their stuff to, Kirsten. And uh, also, Women's Fellowship is canceled this month. However, we are having lunch the 29th at 1 o'clock at Lumberjacks in River Road. If you can make it, let me know. Thank you. Have a good day. Thank you. And now, friends, we all know that today is September 12th, and yesterday was the 20th anniversary of September 11th. So now that the excitement of the children has left the sanctuary, and we all remember that day, we're going to just pause for a moment, and Sue is going to ring the bell, toll the, tw- uh, toll the bell 20 times as we remember 20 years ago. And as she tolls the bell, I will light our candle for peace as we pray for a day when there is peace on earth. Lord, we remember the lives that were lost. We remember the courage and the strength of the people who ran into burning buildings. We remember this morning. And we light this candle and we pray for peace. We pray, Lord, for a day when there will be peace on earth. Through Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. And now, friends, in all of the hustle and bustle, I forgot to make sure that we had a lector signed up this morning. So for once, I'm going to be your lector, at least for right now. And I'll remind you, friends, that you can sign up online on our website to be a lector. And now, let us begin with our call to worship. Siblings in Christ, arise. The living God, the moving spirit, calls us together to witness. The living God calls us to celebration. Arise, lift your hearts. 
The living God calls us to struggle. Reach out toward each other as God reaches out towards us. Let us worship. There's a peace I've come to know, though my heart and flesh may fail, there's an anchor for my soul, I can say it is well, Jesus has overcome, and the grave is
Amen. And now, friends, our reading today comes from the Gospel of Mark, the seventh chapter. We will start with verse 24 and finish the chapter. If you are ready to hear the word of the Lord, will you please say amen? Amen. I feel like we need a little bit more energy just because today seems a little bit chaotic. I don't know. You know, my least favorite thing to do is making decisions. And whenever things change, what do we have to do? Make more decisions. So let's just do that again. Make sure our hearts and minds are in the right place. If you are ready to hear the word of the Lord, will you please say amen? Amen. There we go. I don't know about you, but I needed that amen this morning. So here, let's start with verse 24. From there, Jesus set out and went away to the region of Tyre, and he entered a house and did not want anyone to know that he was there. Yet he could not escape notice, but a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit immediately heard about Jesus, and she came and she bowed down at his feet. And now the woman was a Gentile of Syrophoenician origin, and she begged him to cast out the demon from her daughter, and he said to her, Let the children be fed first, for it is not fair to take the children's food and to throw it to the dogs. But she answered him, Sir, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumb. And then he said to her, For saying that, you may go, the demon has left your daughter. And so she went home and she found the child lying in the bed and the demon gone. And then Jesus returned from the region of Tyre, and he went by way of Sidon towards the Sea of Galilee in the region of Decapolis. And they brought to him a deaf man who had an impediment in his speech, and they begged him to lay his hands on him, and he took him aside in private, away from the crowd, and put his fingers into his ears, and he spat and touched his tongue. And then looking up to heaven, Jesus sighed and said to him, Ephephatha, that is, be opened. And immediately his ears were opened, and his tongue was released, and he spoke plainly. And then Jesus ordered them to tell no one, but the more he ordered them, the more zealously they proclaimed it. And they were astounded beyond measure, saying, Jesus has done everything well. He even makes the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Purify my heart, let me be as gold and precious silver. Purify my heart, let me be as gold, pure gold, refiner's is to be holy, set apart for you, Lord. I choose to be holy, set 
purify my heart, cleanse me from within, and make me holy. Purify my heart, cleanse me from my sin, deep within, refine as let us pray. Holy and loving God, we are here ready to do your will, Lord. And Lord, we ask that you bless us. Bless us while we're here. Bless us as we are worshiping from here or from afar. Just bless us with the power of your Holy Spirit so that all that we do and all that we say can be holy and acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Through Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. So as we're making our way through this seventh chapter of the Gospel of Mark, which some of you might notice is actually last week's lectionary, I'm a week behind with our lectionary text, but as we make our way through the Gospel of Mark, this seventh chapter, I want us to paint a picture of what's going on, because in order for us to fully understand what we're reading, we kind of need a mental picture of what's going on. Do you know what I mean? I don't, we don't want to just read this story out of nothing. We need to paint this picture. So let's kind of paint a picture for ourselves of this seventh chapter of the Gospel of Mark. So Jesus, he's begun his ministry. In the Gospel of Mark, by the time we make our way into the second chapter, he's begun his ministry and he's gaining a lot of recognition. He's gaining so much recognition in all of Israel, throughout the whole entire Jewish community, that the Pharisees are starting to scrutinize him. They start to scrutinize his every actions. If you have your Bible open, if you take a look at the beginning of the seventh chapter of the Gospel of Mark, you're going to find out that the Pharisees started to scrutinize Jesus every 
every action so much that they actually started to judge him in certain ways and call him out for certain things, like the fact that his disciples did not properly wash their hands before eating the food, which went against the the cleanliness laws and the law of Moses. And so the Pharisees kind of attacked Jesus for that. And so the Pharisees were following Jesus around and they were scrutinizing his every move. And so Jesus does something that's different for a Jewish rabbi. This is not something that any Jewish rabbi does, but Jesus takes himself off and goes into Gentile territory. He goes to the land of Tyre and Sidon. If you look at a map now, you'll still find Tyre. Tyre is in modern-day Lebanon right on the coast. And so he, he goes north, and he goes towards Tyre and Sidon, and he goes into Gentile territory. Now, this is a big deal because normally the Jewish people did not like to hang out in Gentile territory for long. And yet Jesus does this every time. He's slowly but surely teaching his disciples a lesson. Think about Samaria. Normally all of the Jewish people would go around Samaria to get wherever they were going, but not Jesus. What does Jesus do? He goes straight through. He takes his disciples straight through. And Jewish people don't usually interact with Gentile people. But what does Jesus do? He interacts with them. We have in the story that second healing story we're not going to talk about as much today. But that, again, is another Gentile person who Jesus heals. So he teaches his disciples as he begins to interact with the Gentiles. And and he begins to heal the Gentiles. And right here in this story that we read today... It is one that, that maybe leaves you shaking your head a little bit. Did you shake your head a little bit if this is the first time reading, being like, what in the world did Jesus just say to that woman? Give me a little honest wave of your hand if you were reading this and you're like, did Jesus just call that woman a dog? Yep, you be honest. Come on, right now we're reading this. If you're reading it with me, look at what it says. It says, let the children be fed first, for it is not fair to take the children's food and to throw it to the dogs. That is what Jesus said to this woman. So you might have been reading this this morning and going, oh my goodness, did my Lord and Savior just call a woman a dog? Anybody going to be honest and wonder that? You guys aren't acting very awake this morning. Come on. So that is kind of what happened. But let's walk through this. So, so as we're painting this picture, Jesus' popularity is growing, and it's growing especially within Israel. But as his popularity is growing, then it's not just Israel that's learning about Jesus, but also the Gentile community around. They're starting to hear about this Jesus. They're starting to hear about the miraculous power that Jesus has. And as they're starting to hear about it, Jesus also starts traveling through Gentile territory, and they see Jesus. And this woman, this Syrophoenician woman, this Gentile woman, she sees that Jesus has entered her city. She sees that Jesus has entered her town. But the problem is that she has a daughter at home who we learn is possessed by a demon. Does that mean she really had a demon within her? Does that mean that she was extremely emotionally unwell? We don't know what the situation was, but we know that something was wrong with this woman's daughter. And she learned that Jesus, Jesus the healer, was in her town. She learned that Jesus, who had the ability to heal even the unhealable, had entered into her town. I'm looking at parents right now that have gone through an awful lot of suffering with their kids. Just imagine if that was you, if you were that mother and Jesus entered the town, how excited would you be to go and to say, please just heal my child? And so this woman, that's what she does. But we have to understand this was 2,000 years ago. 2,000 years ago, a Gentile woman couldn't just go up and talk to a Jewish man. 2,000 years ago, that was not 
done. If I was a Gentile woman and you were a Jewish man, I could not go up and talk to you at all. And then especially if I went to go talk to you without my husband, oh my goodness, even if I was a Jewish woman and I went to go talk to a Jewish man without my husband, that was like a big, no, you don't do that at all. And so it was unbelievable when this woman, she goes up and she talks to the rabbi. She talks to Jesus. She doesn't just talk, by the way, friends. You see, she gets down on the ground and she bows before him and she says, please, Jesus, come and heal my daughter. And as she says this, I want you to know that if Jesus was basically any other Jewish man at that time, do you know what he would have done? He would have turned up and walked away. If Jesus was any other Jewish man at that time, even in some cases he could have been a Gentile man. If he was at at that time, 2,000 years ago, if he was any other Jewish man and a Gentile woman came up to talk to him, a Gentile woman who at that time is deemed unclean according to their standards, Jesus would have gotten up and walked away. But does Jesus get up and walk away? No, he does not. So we got to give Jesus credit for that. But this is a verse that a lot of people struggle with. Jesus, you know, she asks Jesus, she says, Jesus, can you heal my daughter? And Jesus looks at her and he says, let the children be fed first, for it is not fair to take the children's food and to throw it to the dogs. So again, we're all about painting this picture. Let's go back in our mind 2,000 years ago. 2,000 years ago, who's the children? Who are we in this metaphor? This is a metaphor right here. Who are the children in this story 2,000 years ago? The children of God are who? Israel. Thanks, Pastor. Israel, exactly. Nice having a uh, pastor here with me. Exactly. Israel is the children of God here. So when he's talking about the children, he's talking about Israel. It's not fair to take the children's food, Israel's food, and to throw it to the dogs. Who do you think the dogs were? Gentiles, anybody outside of Israel, any non-Jewish person out there, they were all seen as the dogs. Now, normally our children's moments are led by my precious dogs, of course, lately since COVID started. Now, today we really love our dogs, don't we? Raise your hand if you call your dogs your fur babies like I do. Mm-hmm, exactly. Back then they liked their dogs. I don't think that they were quite as obsessed with their dogs as we are today. So this was a, a sounding like a bit of an insult. You know, Jesus is saying to this woman, he goes, yes, I have the power to heal. But why would I take the power of the heal, uh, the power to heal that I should give to Israel? And why should I give it to you, a Gentile? Now, here's what I want you guys to understand right now. A lot of times Jesus speaks in parables. He speaks in metaphors. After he speaks in parables, what does he usually do? He has to explain the parables to who? Yes, you guys are good. Another seminarian. I love this. Exactly. He explains it to the disciples. A lot of times his disciples, his own students, don't understand the metaphors that he's speaking in. So they don't understand his metaphors. Most of the time, Jesus tells a metaphor. Jesus speaks in parables. And then after the disciples are like, hey, Jesus, I didn't quite get that. Can you explain that in a little bit more detail? So the fact that this woman, we need to understand this, 
This woman understood exactly what Jesus was talking about. This woman understood this metaphor. She doesn't just understand it, but she responds immediately. Immediately, this woman looks at Jesus. I imagine that she doesn't even flinch. I imagine that not a second goes by, but she looks at Jesus and she responds to Jesus and she says, but sir, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Oh my goodness, I wish I was as witty as this woman. I wish I had half the wit as this woman. In fact, I really can't wait to meet this woman one day when when I get to heaven Uh, because I love this woman's wit. She is so smart. She is so quick. She understands the metaphor that Jesus is saying. She understands that Jesus is saying, why would I bless you when I'm only supposed to bless Israel at this time? Why would I take that blessing and give it to you as a Gentile? He's saying that to this woman. And this woman says to him, she says, sir, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. She doesn't get offended. She doesn't get offended by what Jesus says. She just looks at him and she says, but Jesus, you have the power to heal. You have the power to heal even me. And then Mark doesn't say that Jesus smiles with an absolute huge smile, but I'm going to say he does. After she says this, Jesus looks up with that huge smile on his face and he says, go, your daughter has been healed. Basically, oh my goodness, woman, you did a great job. You answered that correctly. Go, your daughter has been healed and off she goes. Now, a lot of times I hear other pastors preach this sermon, and they say that Jesus was just in a little bit of a mood. You know, they say he was in a little bit of a mood. He was in a bad mood. He was not being as nice. But I don't know. I'm going to push that a little bit, because here's the thing. In all of Jesus' interactions with people, he doesn't only understand what they say, but he also knows what they're thinking. A lot of times, Jesus knows even more than what people say. He also knows their thoughts. And I think, I personally think that Jesus knew that this woman would respond with such amazing wit. And when she responds this way, she teaches her disciples a lesson. She teaches Jesus' disciples a lesson. She teaches the disciples that Jesus isn't only here to spread God's love to the kingdom of Israel. Jesus is here for God's love to spread to all of the earth. This isn't mind-blowing to us today, but 2,000 years ago, that was a big deal. Because 2,000 years ago, when people thought that Jesus was the Messiah, they thought that that meant that he would become king of Israel. They thought that he would redeem Israel from the Roman Empire. That's as wide as their thoughts got. But Jesus was going to do even more. Jesus' redemption wasn't only for the kingdom of Israel. It was for all of us. And this woman helped Jesus to teach his disciples this lesson. Jesus was able to teach his disciples through this woman that God's love knows no bounds. God's love doesn't care if you're a man or a woman. God's love doesn't care if you're Jewish or non-Jewish. God's love doesn't care what color your skin is. God's love doesn't care whether you are healthy or unhealthy. God's love doesn't care whether you are mentally well or mentally unwell. God's love knows no bounds. Do you know that that's true? Give me a yes or no now. It's amazing. We know this. We know this, friends. God's love is for everyone. But 2,000 years ago, they didn't know this. But this woman, she helped to teach 
this lesson. Okay, so now I want to talk about one more thing. Now that you guys understand this story, so then Jesus goes on. By the way, then Jesus heals another Gentile person. So he goes on continuing in Gentile territory, now healing even more Gentile people after his disciples have been able to witness this interaction. So Jesus continues to heal not only Jewish people, but also Gentile people. But here's the thing. I want to take a moment on September 12th to talk about religion. Now, who here loves religion? I do. I majored in it in college. Yep. I love religious studies. I think, I mean, seriously, I majored in college. I was a double major, political science and religious studies. I think I just love the two things that nobody's supposed to talk about. I love religion. When I was a kid, this is probably not a surprise, but when I was a kid, I think maybe because I, you know, I was a little ADHD and so my mind was often on its own, but I didn't really like going off to Sunday school. Instead of going to Sunday school, I grew up in an Episcopal church. I, wanted, I couldn't wait until I turned eight years old because I had older siblings because once I turned eight years old, that meant I got to put on the brown alb. No wonder I like wearing an alb now. I got to put on this brown alb and I got to get my acolyte and candle and my big wooden cross and I didn't go to Sunday school, but instead I went up with the priest and I sat there up with the priest the entire service completely still whenever I wasn't lighting or unlighting candles. I love religion. I love the beauty of religion. One time I was in Walter's class and I got to do a little thing about what we do for work and and the teacher had said that I could come in and and of course I was being careful because it's a public school and I'm a pastor so I'm being very careful but that day I got to tell them about what I had done that day and that day I'd been able to sit with somebody who was homeless. I'd also been able to help people get food and some resources that they needed. I was able to, to counsel some people who needed to come in for emergency situations. And so that just happened to be a week where I got to re- do some really awesome things that religion enables us to do. And so I, I taught that class a little bit about what it's like when you work within a church, that you get to do all these amazing things. And think about what James says. We read this last week, so I'm really jogging your memory. Last week when we read from the epistle of James, James said that religion that is pure and undefiled is that that cares for the widows and the orphans. Religion at its best is amazing. Religion at its best teaches us that God's love is amazing. Religion at its best is spiritual and mystical and phenomenal. Anybody know what I'm talking about here? Yeah, religion at its best is amazing. But sometimes religion isn't so amazing. Think about Jesus on the cross. Now, some people will tell you, yes, that Jesus was nailed to the cross for political, for political reasons, but you know what? What were my two majors in college? Politics and religion. There was some politics in there, but you know what was even worse? The religious leaders. The religious leaders were threatened by Jesus. So sometimes religion can do bad things. Like when religion nailed our Savior to the cross. Or, or even think about the killing of the first Christian martyr named Stephen. He was killed by the Pharisees who stoned him to death. Guess who one of those Pharisees was that approved of this stoning? Our buddy Paul. But back then he was not converted yet. His name was Saul. And think 20 years ago. September 11th. I'm not going to dwell on it much. But let's just think about it. Sometimes religion gets to extremes. And it causes people to do bad things. 
Religion can be amazing and wonderful and teach about God's love, but it can also lead people to extremes. And you know when it leads people to extremes is it leads people to extremes when they think that God loves them and God doesn't love other people. Religion leads people to extremes when it it teaches them, okay, this side right here, oh, you guys have God's love. God loves you so much you are blessed by God, but that side over there, don't interact with them. That's when religion gets dangerous, when it says, oh, sorry, you guys over here, you don't have God's love, and you know, I'm just sorry, but, but that's the way that it is. Religion can be extremely dangerous. Here's what this woman did. Let's get back to this teaching of this woman. Here's what this woman did when she interacted with Jesus, when she interacted with Jesus in that situation, and when she responded with such amazing wit and with such amazing courage, she taught Jesus' disciples that God's love is not only for Israel, but it's for all. She taught everyone that God's love knows no bounds. God's love is not only for this side, but God's love is also for this side, and God's love is also for everybody who's way out there, and God's love's also for everybody who's way out there. God's love is for all. Hopefully this isn't mind-blowing news to you. This woman, she taught us about God's love. I can't wait wait to shake her hand in heaven one day. God's love isn't just for one group. It's for all of us. It's for you. It's for you. For everybody who looks like us and doesn't look like us. It's for everybody who talks like us and doesn't talk like us. God's love isn't just for a small group of people, but it's for every single one of us. That's really the big story of today. God's love abounds for all. Anybody want to say amen to that? Let's join in a moment of prayer. Holy and loving God, we turn to you on this day, Lord, and we ask, Lord, that you pour your Holy Spirit upon us. Bless us with your spirit and bless us with your power, Lord. We are reminded today that your love is for all of us. None of us are excluded from your love. Remind us that today and every day. And Lord, if at any point we try to exclude, push us. Push us like this woman pushed Jesus. Push us, Lord, so that we can see that God's love is for all. And we pray this in every prayer through Christ Jesus, our Lord and our Savior, who taught us to pray, saying, Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And now is the time for our tithes and offerings, friends. You can give in person. You can also continue to give online.
Let us pray together. Gracious God, may this act of giving transform our hearts and our minds. May you bless these gifts and use them to do your will. Through Christ we pray. Amen. Savior, I come quiet in my soul. Remember, redemption's hill where your blood was filled for my ransom. Everything I once held dear, I count it all as lost. Lead me to the cross where your love to my knees, Lord, I lay me down. Rid me of myself, I belong to you. Oh, lead me, lead me to the cross. You were as I, tempted and tried. became flesh for my sin and death. Now you're risen. Everything I once held dear, I count it all as lost. Lead me to the cross where your love poured out. Bring me to my knees, Lord, I lay me down. Rid me of myself, I belong to you.
Amen. And friends, now go forth with the blessing of God, knowing that next week we're going to be back here, hopefully outside in that 80 degree weather at 10 a.m., followed by a picnic. But before we leave, friends, instead of just exiting the church, will you all join me out front? We are, this week, we'll try it again next week too, but this week we are going to attempt a a 2021 picture. Uh, So join us, everybody, whether you're a member or not, you are welcome to join us out front or right out here for a picture outside. So I hope you're all going to join us and be back next week. Go forth, be blessed, and be a blessing to all.